Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. We have a, well, actually, not just a podcast. It is the New Car Podcast. And this one's rather timely because I was reading a Drive Tribe article, I think it was yesterday, from, from the author of uh, Aaron Hussein, and the article basically delved into what what was the most overrated brand, and there was <laughs> there was so many Teslas, it was hilarious. Tesla, BMW, some Lamborghini, some Ferrari, but one of the ones I saw from one commenter was Maybach, and that was pretty interesting. Someone disagreed. I read the whole comment, uh, read read all the replies in the little mini argument, and I kind of and I kind of agree with that person, but for my own reason, and one of the reasons why I think Maybach seems to be a little overrated these days is because now they're they're pretty much just another trim level for normal Mercedes vehicles. You have an S-Class, you have an S-Class Maybach, right? Rather than the old Maybach 57 and the 62. They're, Maybachs used to be their own fair, relatively distinct models. They were what Rolls-Royce is to BMW, right? Rather than having a 3-series Rolls-Royce, right? That's what Maybachs become. And that's the vehicle we're talking about today. We're talking about the 2022 Mercedes-Mybach S680, the new V12 king of the range. And, you know, let me, let me ask you guys, do you think Mybach is overrated? Do you think it's overrated? Let me know in the comments below. I personally think it is because Mybach used to be cool back in the early Top Gear area where you had the 57 and the 62. And yes, both the 57 and the 62 were still related to the S-Class, but they had their own styling and they had some things that made them unique from an S-Class, made them unique, made them distinct from an S-Class, and that's what made them cool. They were still they were still a step above, whereas this is just an, an improved S-Class. It's not a step above an S-Class. So, I mean, it is, but it isn't, if you get what I mean. It's, it's, not, it's not based on an S-Class, but above an S-Class. It, it is an S-Class, just better. That's what it is now. That, to me, is less cool. But anyway, let's get into the article. If a twin-turbo V8 is too plebeian, ugh, plebeian, for your liking, you can relax as Mercedes-Maybach has revealed the range-topping S680 formatting. Designed to be even more exclusive than the standard Maybach S-Class. I almost said Maybach there. And, hey, Maybach, Maybach, what do you think? I think Maybach is how they say it in Britain, and I've been watching a little bit of Top Gear recently, so uh, <laughs> and that, there's the explanation for that. The S680 has a handcrafted twin-turbo 6-liter V12 that produces 621 horsepower or 463 kilowatts or 630 PS and 738 pound-feet or 1,001 newton meters of torque. The engine is connected to a 9-speed automatic transmission and a standard all-wheel drive system. This enables the Bentley Flying Spur and Rolls-Royce Ghost competitor, we're still talking about the S680 here, to accelerate from 0 to 60 or 0 to 96 kilometers per hour in 4.4 seconds before hitting an, ele an electronically limited top speed of 130 miles per hour or 209 kilometers per hour. Kind of makes you wonder how fast this thing would be if it wasn't limited to plebeian speeds. Probably 170, I would think, with that much power. Speaking of performance, the model is rear biased as 69% of the engine's torque goes to the rear wheels. The massive sedan also features rear axle, rear axle steering to help improve maneuverability. Styling changes are minor, but the range topper sports V12 badging to help distinguish the, to help distinguish the sedan, speaking too fast, from its more mainstream counterpart that has a twin-turbo 4-liter V8 with 496 horsepower or 370 kW or, or 503 PS and 516 pound-feet or 700 newton meters of torque, as well as EQ Boost technology. 
Besides the V12 badging, the model has typical Maybach features including a unique grille and a modified front bumper. Buyers will also find flush-mounted door handles, power rear doors, and an assortment of two-tone paint schemes. Of course, Maybachs all of my box are all about the interior, and the range topper certainly doesn't disappoint, as Napa leather covers virtually everything, including the headliner, dashboard, window frames, and pillars. Other highlights include designer wood trim, diamond quilting, and contrast piping as well, as well as Mybox-specific pedals, and even an exclusive Mybox scent. Doesn't Rolls-Royce have a scent in their cars? I mean, because we all know new cars have that new car smell. Well, on top of the new car smell, what's the Mybox smell? Mercedes didn't go, see, it's Mercedes, not Maybach, or Maybach, sorry, didn't go into too many specifics, but confirmed the model has a Burmeister 4D surround sound system and an M-Bucks rear seat entertainment, entertainment system with two 11.6-inch displays and a tablet. Customers can also order silver-plated champagne flutes, why would you want that, and a refrigerated compartment for storing bubbly. Full specifications will be announced closer to launch, but we can also expect a 12.3-inch digital instrument cluster a 12.8-inch infotainment system, and front seats with heating, ventilation, and massage functions. Other niceties should include a four-zone climate control system, front-slash-rear wireless smartphone chargers, active multi-contour rear seats, and a 64-color ambient lighting system. The S684MATIC will arrive at U.S. dealerships in the first half of 2022, and it will likely carry a hefty premium over the standard Maybach S-Class, which begins an already massive $184,900 before a $1,050 destination and delivery fee. In Germany, the S680 is already available to order and pricing starts at 164,565.10 euros. With all the hard stats out of the way, let's talk about the looks. And normally I start with the front, but I want to start with the rear first. And that's because it does look good. Don't get me wrong. This car does look good. But my biggest gripe with it is that because it's an S-Class and a modern S-Class, the rear end, in my opinion, looks almost indistinguishable from a C-Class. As far as I can tell, it's got pretty much exactly the same rear window. It looks to have a nearly identical trunk lid. The taillights are different, but that's, but that's it. The rest of, outside of the taillights, it looks like a C-Class from the rear. And that's one of my problems. That's one of my problems with the S-Class, let alone the Maybach, because this should be a distinct and relatively bespoke vehicle. So for it to look like, for so for the range topper to look like one of your one of your lower end models in the range, that's, that to me is a bit of an insult. For your flagship model to look like your near entry level model, that's pretty sad. That's pretty sad. But that aside, let's go back to the front and talk about it. So, as I said at the top of the show, a Maybach to me, because it's Mercedes, it's Rolls Royce, it's their Bentley, should have its own styling. And because Maybach has been reduced to just being a trim, effectively, to just being a trim level on an S-Class or a GLS, it doesn't, this car does have semi-distinct styling, but it is largely an S-Class, so it does have a unique grille, but the headlights are completely S-Class, the front bumper is completely S-Class, pretty much the whole car is entirely S-Class, and that's a bit of a drawback, but if we leave that aside and just judge it for what it is, if we look at it as an S-Class, as an even more luxurious S-Class, and this thing is exquisite, it is brilliant, it looks fantastic, it, I, how many more adjectives do you want to hear, right? Now, some of you may not like the current color, the current... The current two-tone color they have on here, they have this dark wine red and this champagne gold. So the lower half of the body is this dark wine red, and then the upper half, roof, top of the front wings, etc., is this champagne color. You might not like it. I think it looks splendid. It look to me, it looks fantastic. Very, very luxurious. Looking very, it has a sense of grandeur about it to me. I like it a lot. Maybe not as much as a Bentley. 
but it, it, may, it has a presence. It has some presence. If we go back to the front bumper, though, the only thing I really don't like about it, outside that, outside of the fact that it's not a bespoke or semi-bespoke Maybach, is the grill insert that they use for the side vents and the lower front grill. It looks like a cheese grater, and it looks it looks kind of chintzy to me. It's really, it's it, it's just that it's chintzy. It it's not very luxurious looking. It's cheesy. Excuse the pun. Yeah, I don't really like that. The rest of the front bumper is great outside of the grill inserts on the vents and the lower grill. But the unique, the new unique grill, I like a lot. It's just a lot of vertical slides. It's pretty classy, though. It's not, it's not jaw-dropping. It isn't that. But it's, it's discreet. It is pretty discreet, and I, I like that. I appreciate that, especially because of what this car is meant to be. It being discreet is probably a pretty high compliment. If we look at it from the side, again, it's an S-Class. Now, the only thing that confuses me, though, is this quarter window, because the quarter window past the C-pillar makes me think of... It. I don't remember if the current Gen S-Class does have that quarter window. It probably does, but I thought it. I thought the S-Class didn't have one, or at the very least, this the, the facelifted S-Class. Was it the facelifted, or is it a new gen? I think it's a new gen. Either way, I didn't think it had a quarter window, and it does, so that, that makes it look even more like a C-Class. Especially in the roof line. It's just from the side, from the side where the D pillar is, it looks like an elongated C class. And I, I don't like the fact that it looks like an elongated C class. It's not that I don't like the way the C class looks. The C class looks great, but this is an S class. It should look different. So for it to look like it's baby brother, it's really baby brother. That to me is a bit of a slap in the face of someone who, who's going to spend over, more likely than not, $200,000 for this vehicle. It should look more unique than that. It should have more of its own styling cues. And this is one of the ways that corporate styling can fall and kind of fall on its face. Can, or one of the ways that style, not fall on its face because it does look good, but one of the ways corporate styling can can be a drawback, can be a downside, is when you is when you use your flagship model to dictate the design of all your other models. Well, then all your other models, well, then, no, 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 then your S-Class also looks like all your other models. And that's just not great because your flagship model should have its own style about it. It's the best, it's the best you can do, isn't it? And it should the styling should reflect that by being unique. And with the Maybach, it doesn't. Not to me anyway. And that's a bit of a shame. Talking outside of the exterior, though, let's move to the interior. An interior. And once again, my same criticisms about this needing to be more bespoke comes back into the interior. It looks like an S-class interior, just nicer. That's a good and a bad thing. It should be a nicer S-Class interior. It's a Maybach after all, but at the same time, it's not a proper Maybach. It's a trim level for an S-Class at this point. So it's too, it looks too much like an S-Class. It's, as far as I can tell, it's exactly the S-Class interior, just with better materials, better inserts, and maybe more supple leather, but that's about it. And again, it should have, its, it should have more unique styling to me as a Maybach, but because it's an S-Class, it's a Mercedes Maybach, it doesn't. So that's unfortunate. But again, if we put that aside and just judge it purely based on merit, it is a fantastic interior. It's a gorgeous interior. I love the, the, the main tan coloring of it. I love the wood paneling on the dash, on the upper dash, because the sections, they seem to be cut in about inch wide sections, but they're three inches tall. So it's, I want to say, it's almost like an Asian floorboard to me, it's, or maybe like a tanning room. It's really, really cool. I love it. I really like it a lot. And the color, the color on top of all that, really fits with the rest of the interior. So it's a very well, it's a very maturely specced uh, S680. And that's nice to see. So I like that a lot. The dash still has the wraparound effect that S-Class 
S-classes have. So if you go to the left side, right where the door panel is, you have this, this kind of water or inverted waterfall effect. So you have the left armrest. It's not really it's not really a door door pull, I don't think. So you have the left armrest, and then it curves upward to meet the rake of the rest of the dash. It's an exquisite looking design element. It's really, really cool. And then if we go to this piano black insert here, near this like this raked pillar, if you will, you have all your functions. So you have your window functions, I think you have your side, you maybe have your mirror functions, and the rest of it. you have your door locking functions, all the rest of it. Pretty typical Mercedes. And then if you go to the flat side of the door of the door panel, so where traditional or where the rest of the door panel is, you have the door handle, I think more locks and your seat functions. Pretty standard S class. So on merit alone, a splendid interior, a really a gorgeous interior and very well laid out. I like it a lot. And I think my, what's funny though, one of my favorite parts of this interior is actually the steering wheel. And the reason why is because more, much like a lot of other automakers, Mercedes is going to the smaller airbag cover. And I've said this on the podcast many times before, I'm very pedantic about my airbag covers. I, for most cars outside of pickup trucks, I prefer them to be smaller and rounded. Because to me, when you have this massive, ungainly, square airbag cover, it makes the steering wheel visually look like it's going to be really cumbersome to turn. Like really heavy, really heavy, um, and not very, for lack of a better word, athletic. Not like you can really turn the wheel quickly in an emergency. It adds a lot of visual weight to the steering wheel. And I don't want steering wheels to have visual weight. I want them to be fun and tossable. And having a circular and small, importantly, small airbag cover give, visually gives the steering wheel that feeling. So Mercedes has that here. The airbag cover may not be as small as the airbag cover on Mazda's, funnily enough, especially in the Miata. That's that's a brilliant, that is a wonderful example of a small airbag cover that kind of fits with the rest of the theme of the vehicle. It might not be as small as in the application of the Miata, but I think it works here because it's a luxury car. So it's still bigger than perhaps Mazda's version, but it's not its not massive. It's not this clown nose in the middle of the steering wheel. So I like that a lot. It's circular. It's smaller than what Mercedes has done in the past. So I like that a lot. You have, what's interesting is that I think the S-Class or some other cars have a dual spoke steering wheel. So you don't have that central spoke here. You have a tri-spoke steering wheel. So it's a much more traditional looking steering wheel. And Normally with luxury cars like this, especially once you go above 200,000, I think a lot of the German automakers, at least, they go for the dual spoke steering wheel where you just have it on the sides. Uh, the new Grand Wagoneer, that's not German, but the new Grand Wagoneer has the, has the dual spoke steering wheel, not the tri-spoke. So I would have expected Maybach or Mercedes Maybach to do the same thing, but they haven't here. It's, again, it's a tri-spoke steering wheel, which to me seems a little bit sporty. Perhaps that's a bit odd, but it is what it is. I like it a lot. Uh, the buttons seem to be a bit of a mess. There's a lot on the on the dual spokes on the top. But I like it a lot. And what's interesting is to have that same piano black accent or insert in the steering wheel. So I like that. So it breaks it up. It's a nice it's a nice color break. So overall, steering wheel, like eight out of ten. The only thing I don't I'm not totally sure of are these two buttons near where your thumbs would be at ten and two. I it's just weird. I'd prefer them to be lower down and at the back of the steering wheel rather than up top. They, yeah, I, I don't really like it. It just breaks up the steering wheel in a poor way. Uh, I also, you know what? I also like the non-integrated touchscreen, though. The reason why I, I like it is because this is going to be this is going to be an insult. Okay, this is going to be a big insult, but I like it because it's like a better executed version of the Toyota Avalon system. Because what the Toyota Avalon has, you have the lower center console, and then you have this inverted waterfall where it'll it'll curve upwards. And then the touchscreen will keep going. Then it's it's not integrated into the dash, 
but it's built into the, into like this bridge structure. It's pretty cool. And Mercedes has done the same thing here. So, hey, Mercedes, you kind of ripped off Toyota there of all automakers. But it's a more it's a to me it's a much more luxurious looking, more expensive looking, better executed version of what Toyota did in the Avalon, where it's that inverted waterfall where it curves upward a little bit, and then the touchscreen itself is also at an angle. And most of that area is surrounded once again by piano black surfacing. So, you know, typical typical comment about this is going to suck for fingerprints. But I like it a lot, actually, because it, it not only gives the dash a bit of room to breathe, but it also doesn't stick up on top of the dash like a stick-on tablet, like a stupid stick-on tablet. It's, it's just a very well-executed, very well-integrated, yet non-integrated uh, touchscreen or central infotainment device. I think it, it, it looks amazing. It really does look amazing. It kind of opens up the dash a little bit. Yeah, the only thing, the only other thing perhaps I don't like is that, and I'm sure they've made it more than strong enough to support the weight of the touchscreen, but to me, I just feel like there's going to be stress points on the curve and the dash, would, or not the dash, the touchscreen would just, like, it would crack in the middle and then fall and hit the dash. That's just a, it, that's just a nonsensical worry of mine, but yeah, the, now if we move to the gauge cluster, things aren't so good because it's, it's that tacked on tablet look it's a skate but it's a digital skateboard but not as long and I, I just don't really like it to me it's just it's really lazy it it is very lazy and to me it breaks the luxury theme because how 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 much how much expense can you pour into a tablet really i mean sure you can make the graphics you can make the gauge cluster graphic or the the speedo and the rev counter graphics look really really cool but to me it's not the same as it's not the same as seeing an expensive looking gauge cluster in the foot. It's not, it's not the same as having a physical expensive looking gauge cluster because there's a bit of an art to that. It's like it's like those gauge clusters, physical gauge clusters, like the ones you see on Rolls Royces where they have a bunch of expensive touches in them are like watches. And I'm not a watch guy, but I can appreciate all the tiny little gears that go into some of those Rolexes. That's what a gauge cluster, that's what a physical gauge cluster is like. So you take that away and you add a digital one and okay, yeah, it'll work better. You can maybe save weight, save space, but where's all the luxury? Where's all the craftsmanship? It's gone. And so in, in applications like this, I don't like it because it's just a cheap way out. And another thing that I don't like about, about this part of the dash is that if you go behind the touchscreen, there seems to be another piano black surface there. And I don't know if that's like the heads up, if that's the projector for the heads up display or what it is, but it makes the base of the windshield, the top of the dash, which is where roughly where the base of the windshield is, it makes that entire area look so cluttered. And then if you go to the air vents, same thing. That area looks very cluttered. It's not clean to me. It really isn't clean. Now, the air vents themselves, I kind of like them. They're small. They're quad, small, rhomboid, which means rounded, square-shaped air vents. And I kind of like them. They're sort of weird-looking, but my bigger gripe is that they, they look small. So they might not push that much air, and that that is a problem for me. I want more air. And they also look to be a little far away, but that, that is what it is. Maybe them being far away means it means the air will actually hit my face and not just freeze the hell out of my thumb. You know, maybe maybe finally it would hit my face. I don't know. But yeah, overall, uh, in the front passenger compartment, I'd give it like 8 or 9 out of Maybe 8.7 out of 10. It's pretty good. Very, very luxurious. Look, there's just a few little irritations here and there. If we go to the back, though, which is always the best part of a Maybach, the seats look amazing. The ambient lighting looks amazing. The silver accents that that put contours into the door panel and and uh, just below the quarter window look astounding. They are gorgeous because it adds dimension and depth and curvature 
to the door panel. Even even if it's not even if it doesn't genuinely do that through through dimensions, visually it does that. And I love that a lot. It just makes it look a little bit cooler. But the ambient lighting tracing below all those contours, just chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. It is brilliant. I kind of wish more cars had that. And then once again, as we've seen in the 57 and the 62, you know, my box prior to this one, you have the reclining seats, but it looks like you have even more leg room here. So you have even more reclining to enjoy, which is brilliant. If we look at the center console, the lower center console, actually, where the driveline would be, you have two more air vents, and then you have what I believe is the is the refrigerator so you can cool your bubbly. It's pretty big. It's pretty big, actually. You could get a good bit of bubbly in there. And then if we go a little bit further back, higher up where the central armrest is for your left or right arm, depending where you're sitting, you have that tan color armrest that looks like it's going to flip up. But then you have a touch screen with a bunch of black surfacing in it. Let me see if I can find the photo. There it is. So you have a normal armrest, and then you have a touchscreen built into the end of it. Now, I don't know if all of that can flip up or if it's just the tan part or how that all works, but it looks like the touchscreen handle, it looks like the touchscreen there in the center controls, maybe it controls the refrigerator and it controls the air vents, the lower, the lower console air vents. Maybe that's what it does, which would be pretty cool, actually. I, I like that a lot. I like the separation of the tan and then the black, the piano black, the piano black surfacing there. I like it a lot, even though, once again, fingerprints, all the rest of it. We've, we've heard that before, but yeah, I, I like that a lot. It's just a gorgeous place to be. And if we look at a different shot in the interior where you can see, instead of peering at it like perpendicular to the car, instead of peering into the rear passenger compartment, perpendicular to the car, you're actually looking at it as if you were looking over your shoulder. And holy crap, this, this is quite the interior. You have pillows on the back of the, on the front of the headrest, actually. So you're not, you're not laying your head on the headrest. You're laying it on the pillow that's on the headrest. So that's pretty cool. You have more of that wood paneling that I talked about on the dash, except you have an actual, not an inverted waterfall effect, but an actual waterfall effect. So it splits, it splits the two seats and goes all the way down to the central armrest. So it's this waterfall effect of wood and it's gorgeous. And you have more of that ambient lighting that traces around the wood and then goes around the, the around the backs of the seats near where the rear window is. And it wraps around the seats, almost cocooning the seats, except, except it doesn't cocoon the seats because they're, nothing's tight or cramped in this interior. But it wraps around the seats. It bathes, this, bathes the seat back in ambient lighting. Gorgeous. It's amazing. And the purple, or sorry, the pink lighting that they chose for the press shots goes so wonderfully with the tan color. I, whoever thought of that, you're a genius. Whoever decided to go for the light pink, the, the bright pink lighting or the light pink lighting, genius. You deserve a pay raise because that, that is a splendid touch. So as much as I've ragged on this car for not, to me, being a proper Maybach, in the interior, it's, it's pretty much a proper Maybach. It's as, you know, it's as good as if not better because it's modern. So for the exterior, I would give this car a 6.7 out of 10. It needs to look more distinct. It needs to, it needs to look more like a Maybach, less like a Mercedes, and certainly less like a C-Class. For the interior, 9 out of 10. Maybe 8.7 out of 10. I don't think it's quite Rolls-Royce or maybe certain levels of Bentley level, but or certain areas of Bentley level, but you would not be disappointed in be sitting in this interior. You couldn't be. And you, you definitely wouldn't be if you were sitting in the back and being chauffeured in the front, which is pretty much the best way to enjoy a Maybach. So 
Yeah, this is an 8.7 out of 10. A, a splendid interior, an absolutely gorgeous, expertly executed interior with so many high-quality touches in it. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's the ninth wonder of the world. But what do you guys think? Do you think, so, you know, firstly, do you think my box overrated like I do now to, to a certain extent? Do you think it's not? And what do you think of the S680? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? What are your thoughts on it? Let me know. But in any case, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you did, please make sure to like, share, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Please make sure you hit the little notification bell and then all notifications. That way you're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't have one on the Podbean mobile app, hey, not a problem. Boot up wherever you get your podcast, type in Cody's Car Conundrum, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. Before we end, I want to inform you all that you can now monetarily support this podcast and indeed the entirety of Cody's Car Conundrum with Kofi. Uh, well, it might be coffee, but it's spelled K-O-F-I, and that's weird, so I say it Kofi. In any case, Kofi is an alternative to Patreon where, beautifully and as God intended, you, the supporters, don't have to pay a fee, like on Patreon, to support my work. So if you like what I do and want to see me cover, slash talk about, slash make a video regarding something specific, or want me to branch out into other areas of car culture, then head on over to ko-fi.com forward slash Cody's Car Conundrum, where you can make a minimum donation of $5 towards me and the brand. In return, you'll be helping me afford new equipment, afford upgrades to my existing tools, you'll receive polls asking what topic you want me to dive into next, you'll get to see voted and non-voted content before public release, various forms of recognition for your support, and the ability to vote on merch designs you'd like to see on the Teespring store. And now it's time to close. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.